Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Oz. Three states in lockdown. That's right. Victoria, New South Wales and South Australia. Yeah, so we actually thought that geographically diversifying the Daily Oz team would be a good idea, but it turns out every single member of our team is in lockdown. And that is because yesterday, South Australian Premier Stephen Marshall announced a seven-day lockdown after the state recorded two new locally acquired cases. We have confirmation in the last half an hour that this is the Delta variant that we're dealing with here in South Australia. And for those reasons, uh, we're extremely concerned about developments this morning. Under this lockdown, all schools were closed, construction is already banned, and similar to other states, there'll be five reasons to leave home. As usual, that includes care and compassion, essential work, purchasing essential goods, medical reasons, and exercise. So now there are five cases that are linked to this current cluster, and as Premier Marshall alluded to, we have confirmed that it is the Delta variant. Something got picked up in our caption on Instagram yesterday. Is it true that no intimate partners are allowed in this lockdown? Yep. So with this lockdown, there are no single bubbles allowed. So you can't visit an intimate partner at their home and you can't visit any other singles in their home either. So that's different to Victoria and also different to New South Wales where you are able to visit an intimate partner. Across the border in Victoria, Premier Dan Andrews announced the state's lockdown would be extended by seven days. But we need more time. And that's why on the advice of the Chief Health Officer, we will extend these lockdowns uh, for a further seven days. 13 locally acquired COVID cases yesterday in the state. It's now expected that the state will open up at midnight next Tuesday, the 27th of July. In New South Wales, there were 78 locally acquired cases of COVID, a bit of a dip from a previous cluster of numbers hovering around that kind of 110 mark. But the number of infectious people in the community remains at the high 20s. Yesterday it was 27. Taking a short break from COVID news, the Islamic State group has claimed responsibility for a suicide bombing in Iraq that killed at least 25 individuals yesterday and injured more than 60 people. We've heard from hospital sources that the death toll is likely to rise beyond that because there are quite a few wounded who are in a critical condition. The device exploded in a marketplace. While families prepared for the Islamic festival of Eid, the bombing is believed to be the deadliest in the last six months. And today's good news from the US. South Carolina State University has cancelled $9.8 million in student debt for more than 2,500 students. The majority of students whose debts will be cancelled were either not enrolled for the next semester because of past due account balances or even left university completely because they couldn't afford to pay. The cancellation was achieved with $4 million from former President Trump's CARES Act and $5.8 million from President Biden's American Rescue Plan. Good to see both of the presidents combining on something, even if it is their money doing the talking. So sometimes our deep dive is to explain an idea or a concept, like what we did yesterday about leaks. And other times we want to use these precious couple of minutes in the morning to highlight a story that you might have missed. And this is one of those times. There isn't anything particularly nuanced or that we feel like we need to explain with this situation in Indonesia, but it is something that is getting missed in a very fast news cycle. So here's the latest. Indonesia is the new COVID epicenter, and there's absolutely no doubt about that. The country recorded a record 1,338 deaths in a single day on Monday, 
And for the past week, Indonesia has averaged over 49,000 new cases a day and more than 1,000 deaths a day, which is an extremely worrying number. The total number of infections there has surpassed 2.9 million, and there isn't really an end in sight because vaccination rates are extremely low. So we're looking at 5.8% of the population being fully vaccinated. I remember reading a report a couple of months ago where the Indonesian tourism authorities were pitching to Australians to come back to Bali and to make Bali part of the Australian COVID travel bubble by July. So it is a stark comparison to where Indonesian authorities thought they would be. And the thing with this is that there is so much more to this story that we might not know. So there are extremely low rates of testing, which means that official data is vastly underestimating the scale and the toll of what is going on. But what we are seeing is mass graves being built and this sort of ad hoc death infrastructure being created across the country. And if you've seen the images, they're absolutely horrific. The healthcare system isn't doing much better, so it is severely struggling. Like we saw in India, there are not enough beds and there is not enough oxygen, with some people having to bring their own oxygen tanks. So the government has tried to address this and there have been plans for nearly 8,000 new hospital beds and measures to boost the number of healthcare workers. But really, those supplies are needed now, not in the near future. To make matters worse in Indonesia, there's also a surge of misinformation going around online that is often leading people down false medical paths. One example is a growing number of people in the country are sharing claims about using an anti-parasitic drug called ivermectin. So the drug is still undergoing trials, but is so far unproven as a cure for COVID-19. There's also been viral videos of people buying up a particular brand of Nestle milk, claiming that drinking this brand of milk could produce COVID antibodies. The price of that milk in Indonesia actually shot up by 455% as a result. With so much happening in the domestic news cycle around COVID-19, I mean, yesterday Zara and I were traversing three different press conferences almost at once. It's often easy to forget how other countries are traveling through this pandemic, We always like to say that part of a healthy news cycle is is focusing on some stories from overseas. So it's a really important discussion to have. We hope for a little less chaos around 11 a.m. today, but we'll be there on Instagram regardless of what happens. You can find us at The Daily Oz. It's where over 140,000 Australians get their news throughout the day.